everyone. Welcome to another episode of FTU Life After the Military. I'm your host, Tony Rodriguez, and today I'm joined by my uh, good friend, Bryce. We were both uh, Sockums back in the Ocho in the 98 Civil Affairs. Bryce oh, yeah. is still a medical professional. I am not because I just don't care enough about people to um, <laughs> do stuff. Let me put it another way. If you need help, I will help you, but I don't want to hear that... Um, you're 500 pounds, and you're surprised that you had a heart attack. Uh, that's not my problem. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You know, so that's the way I reference it. If you're out, you're injured, I'll help you out. But, you know, I I don't care that, you know, you passed out um, because you drank, I don't know, two 12-packs a day for the past 30 years, and you don't understand why you're dying all of a sudden. Yep. Uh, not my concern. But I wanted to have Bryce on here because... As we've talked before, um, mental health is pretty important to me. Um, for veterans, I my dissertation topic, I'm refining it. It's coming in. Uh, I'm focusing, focusing it now more on... My dissertation topic originally was um, a comparative analysis of Colombia and the United States on why, what factors lead veterans to join extremist groups. Oh, Wow. Well, now I'm focusing on what mental health conditions lead veterans to join uh, extremist groups. Because I want to look at the VA and I want to look at different organizations um, because it's important. And before we started, we were talking about how it's not just the organizations. You know, there are a lot of us who just refuse to go get help Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Maybe we don't know that we can get help or... Maybe like me, like I, I cannot do any type of medication, any drug. I have an addictive personality, mm-hmm. and if one's good, then two must be better, and three must be awesome. Right, right. right? The more, and the better. Yeah. So I, I, mm-hmm. I can't touch any of that. I have to figure out how to live my life one day at a time. Wow. Um, but Bryce, you were when we were in, you were mentioning how you got the the gangling block. Yep. Yeah. So I got the, um, I had met a a friend that was uh, dealing with a lot of uh, PTSD type symptoms and he had recommended, um, actually I heard it through a friend, but do you know who also kind of started that planting that seed was, uh, Mike from the refresher course. Yeah. So Mike was actually, I'm going to have him on here. Uh, his schedule's a little, um, Oh yeah. Hectic, yeah, but I wanted to get him guy. on here because he has a lot of, he just has a lot of knowledge yep. to share with everybody. Yep. I agree to that. And so then I started my, I guess you could say like trajectory for that when it was almost kind of like a bridge too far, right? So of course we put, we put everything off, whether it's, you know, injuries, mental health, all those types of things when we're, in, you know, wearing the uniform. And then what really uh, kind of woke me up that I needed help was uh, my my family, uh, my wife, my children. I'm married, four kids, um, and my wife was like, "Look, dude, um, I don't know what you need to do, but you need help. You, you just need to get help." And so um, I took, you know, of course I took it serious, and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, you know." She's probably right because I I could just see what my 
actions were, and uh, it's probably not what normal, I guess we would consider normal people do. And so I uh, went and got a, um, I first went to go get seen by the, the Traumatic Brain Injury Clinic, Intrepid Spirit, uh, on Fort Bragg. I'll always call it Fort Bragg. And uh, <laughs> so um, as they do their, you know, patient workup, you start talking about all your all your problems, blah, 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 mental health, uh, you know, referral, go to them. And then they're like, yeah, you would, you would be a really good candidate for the Stellate Ganglion Block. And so uh, I got scheduled for one. You can interrupt me anytime because otherwise I'm just going to let it go. No, 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 keep going. That's fine. Good? Okay. Yeah. So good candidate. Uh, let's get you, you know, scheduled, blah, blah, blah. And so I go and I, I get it done, right? And the 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 first one, because I've had multiple, um, the first one that I had, I will say, was probably the most life changing. Um, it really. So I always, and I'll just speak from a personal sense because I'm not going to speak for everybody else that may benefit from it. But um, it's that whole like I, you know, I'm ready for anything at a in a split second. Uh, I'm breathing from my chest. I'm on, you know, I'm high alert, loud noises, you know, scanning rooms, looking for exits or whatever. And anything else that could, you know, positively set me off. Um, and so when I had this, the first day like Galeon block, it, it really was life changing. It, 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 what it does, um, is that it blunts your fight and flight response. It doesn't take it away. Right. Like, so if anything was to happen while I had my injection, um, that I was able to respond adequately, it just, I wasn't on a, you know, a threshold of like ready for, um, to whoop someone's butt because they looked at me wrong or I don't know, whatever it may have been. Yeah, no, like I said, we were talking before we were talking about how there's some days I wake up and I'm. My anxiety is sky high, right? Sure. My blood pressure is 140 over 90. Mm-hmm. And some days I wake up and it's 115 over 75. And I've had people say, well, it's just because it's your diet. You don't like, no, that's not my diet. It's, I mean, it's not. I mean, if you were 500 pounds, yeah, sure. Yeah, but people yeah. are telling me, and that's that's the best part, right? Because it's always a veteran or somebody who is in the military. What's well, your diet? It's like, you don't even know what I eat. I haven't told you what my diet is. How are you saying it's my diet? And they always follow it up with, you know, take Motrin and drink water. <laughs> it's like, oh, you have too much dairy in your diet. Yeah, that's it. Right. Yep. People have Solved been it. drinking dairy for millennia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, now all true. of a sudden it's, it's, you know, causing people to have this high anxiety. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So, so like you, um, the reason why I also opted for the state that stellate ganglion block was because i am not i don't want to be on another pill um military medicine even i would say civilian medicine it it is a lot of uh pill pushing right like hey well this will you know probably help you out um and it might give you other signs or symptoms and i'm not saying all medication is bad i'm not don't mishear what i'm saying it's just my personality i knew i didn't want to be on another pill or um something that would take away what makes me me Right. Like that's my wife's biggest thing. And she's like, well, um, if you, you know, when you, cause I've tried different medicaid, I have tried, right. Cause I did need something. And so I tried, but she's like, dude, you're, you're a robot. Like, you know, you wake up, 
you do your things and then there's no you know there's no Bryce there's there's just no you know cracking up or giving somebody a hard time or you know being fun go away and then um sorry my dogs the um so I, I had to get I, that's why I opted for the Stella getting on block um and like I said the first one was great subsequent ones uh, not so great. I do believe that it is the doctor who does them. It'll be dependent, right? Like I get the, the, the lady that did mine, just how everything went, how proficient she was, how like everything, it was just perfect. The subsequent ones, it just, it, it lasted, uh, it's supposed to give you relief. Everybody's di- different, right? But you should yeah. get well past eight weeks of relief, uh, from that whole uh, fight or flight, you know, kind of uh, being just super alert and ready to, you know, fight or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's why I opted for the state like Unlock because I didn't want to take another pill. Yeah, no, I was doing a little bit of research on that and uh, was reading that some, like, it works for some people and other people it just won't work at all. Yeah. Like, like all medicine, you know. There's, there's, that's what you see. That's the other reason why I don't uh, I don't want to practice medicine anymore, is because people think that well I mean, it, just give me a pill or just do this and that'll fix it right. It's like yeah, not necessarily. It's like, but it's true. It's because you have like it's the whole thing right. Like the stellate ganglion block wasn't this miraculous thing to where it, everything just went better, and then. Uh, you know, not, and then not go to counseling or not go or, you know, live a healthier lifestyle or even like whatever it may be that makes you whatever you don't like about yourself or what's wrong. And you're trying to identify that, you know, the problem and issue and, and solve and fix it like that. That work still has to go into it. But yeah. it's just that's the stellate ganglion block is just a means of kind of assisting in that period of time where you're trying to, to get better to a place where you want to be. And so like, um, you know, we were talking before that, you know, there's so many different organizations. I believe I don't, I can't name, um, all of them for you, but I was a benefactor or is that I benefited from the, um, from some rich dude that loves veterans started an organization. He specifically targets special operations soldiers, uh, whether if you're a support guy or if you're, you know, a really cool guy that you can't Google, um, with, uh, PTSD treatment. And so, um, I got, I was fortunate enough to get a, a treatment where it was, uh, low dose ketamine infusions and stalate ganglion blocks, uh, together. And that was in uh, right outside Chicago, um, at a you know a super nice pain clinic thing. It was weird, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, whatever. But I was I was grateful because um, my, one of my biggest things too that I hated and still don't like is my memory, right? Like all the times that explosions hitting my head or whatever it may be, my memory just seems to be kind of trash. And I've lost a lot of you know, I mean, dude, I've <laughs> It's not 
as bad, but it still sucks. But like when I was doing, when I did that treatment, I was able to remember certain things. I was able to uh, think clearer. And, but here's the thing though. Right. And they're like, and it's patient dependent. And they're like, Hey, this could be a one-time thing, but you may need to come back to us in the future. And that kind of sucks. And so, like, I did do it, and has everything wore off? Yeah, right? I mean, it has, like, um, but I am grateful for the treatment that I did receive. It's just, it's knowing and understanding that what you do, especially if it's outside the realm of your inner being, right? Like, and I mean, medication, injections, whatever it may be, that you, at an individual level, the work to become better or happier with yourself uh it just doesn't seem to stop but it's a great endeavor because i don't know you're worth it right yeah you bring up a good point about being happy with yourself and um, that's important for that's different for everyone sure there's no set standard right you know in the army it's always here's your grading criteria you know you got a whatever percentage right and which is always made up bullshit nonsense. <laughs> um, but, you know, we were talking before, I, I, I told Bryce, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to Bosley. I'm going to get some uh, some new hair. Yeah. And and if people don't understand why, it's like, well, take a gander at this. Oh, he's like, doing it. There it is. Because, well, I've done episodes without my cap. So it's like, but there's nothing oh, so I was going to say, you may have just lost some listeners. <laughs> no. no, I mean, I, my, my family have, told me like dad you have a face made for radio yeah sure yeah and you have a voice made for silent film yeah all right so if my own and family you're show them both and if my family's telling me this and i mean do you think i really care about what other like i'm not worried about pleasing the rest of the world or taking care of the rest of the world anymore i just want sure. to live my life and be happy Sure. As happy as I can be, right? And uh, the doc today was asking me, like, well, why are you doing this? It's like, because I want to. He's like, well, yeah, but I mean, do you have a reason? It's like, I have the money and I'd like to do it. And I explained to him, it's like, I'm not in the army anymore. I retired. And I don't explain myself to anyone anymore. He's <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah. And that was the end of that. It was like, because I don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't want to explain myself. I don't have to justify myself to people anymore. Sometimes I still fall into that trap. Mm. It, it's usually when I meet, um, I saw Kenny the other day, right? And, Kenny Reed, uh, or yeah, Kenny, yeah. Yeah, yeah we were okay. talking and I saw him and he was with two officers, right? And they, he was talking, yeah, he, he has a podcast and they were asking me questions. So I was explaining myself to those young captains not because I wanted to and not because I felt like I needed to, but because I didn't want to embarrass Kenny. Okay. Because <laughs> I wanted to tell those guys, Pat's sad. Like, go for it. Like, who are you? Like, yeah, right. Go away. It's like, how many listeners, how many subscribers do you have? It's like, you're a moron. You're right. an idiot. It's like, that's not how this works at all, dude. Like, I, I don't care about that. I'm not trying to, I'm not on TikTok doing dances, right? I'm trying to. I'm I mean, on, but maybe you should try though. I'm not on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I do have adver advertisers, but the way this podcast works, the way the people I work with, 
It's not based off of subscribers. It's based off of how many downloads and how many people listen. Sure. If you listen for one second, that counts as somebody listening. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. That it's all that matters. They don't they don't care how many subscribers I have. Yeah. I could have a million subscribers, but nobody ever downloads it or yeah, listens. No, yeah. Who cares? Mm-hmm. It's like so. That's and I'm not making basically make enough to buy like a, a few lattes every month. <clears throat> That's it. That's what I'm. That's what I'm raking in here. Hey man, I, I'm just gonna say, uh, you know, them lattes are getting expensive, dude. Yeah. So that, uh, that, it's, it's going down the number I can buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to be able to, and now I can, uh, you know, one and a half. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah. So I'm gonna go get the um, some new hair, and why not? I mean, so are you gonna? Just because I know there's a listener out there that's going to, you know, is, is wondering the same thing I am. Are you just going to mad clown grow the sides out before the procedure? No, and that's what I thought, right? Because um, I said people have this idea that you walk in um, completely bald and then you walk out like looking like Brad Pitt from Troy, right? Legends yeah, of yeah. the Fall. Like, no, that's not oh, how man. it works. That's not how it works. Facts. Um, there's multiple procedures, right? And you know, he told me, it's like, wow, if you would have come in earlier, we could have saved what you had. It's like, yeah, well, that, that ship has sailed. Mm. You know, that was a decade and a half ago, buddy. Oh, sure. And uh, so he was saying, like, there's two procedures that they can do. They can, they can take the follicle one at a time, basically, from the side and mm. then put it up on top. Or they yeah. can take a strip, right? And then they could do like, a, like we were talking about, like sod, right? You take a piece of sod uh-huh. Uh-huh. or a skin graft and then you stretch it out, right? Right. And that's what they'll do with the strip. Um, but he was saying that that leaves a scar. Oh. Right? So they have to stitch it up, and it takes a little bit longer to heal. Um, he said if they do the strip, strip, they like it to be grown out a little bit. Okay. Um, but if they do just the um, single hair at a time, he's like, no, we actually want you to shave the sides in the back um, with a one. Go get a, Go to the barber. Have say, hey, I want you to buzz it with the one because it makes it easier for the doc to go in there and grab it. They're not sorting through a bunch of like the the Amazon, you know, the rain. Really? Yeah. Huh. Because they go in and they grab each follicle one at a time. Yeah, that's funky, dude. And he said, you know, you show up at 730. We start about 730, you know, depending on you, you know, you could be out of here at three. Uh, four, you know, maybe up to six. It's like, so I'm going to be out of here probably about six or seven. He's like, well, yeah, I don't want to say that. It's like, Y'all work until midnight. We don't have to beat around the bush. I know I'm bald, right? Yeah. I'm five, seven. I'm fat. I'm bald. I know this. I'm not, it isn't top secret information. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, so I can't do anything about my height unless I'm going to have people like, Pull me from my neck and my feet. Yeah. That sounds a little painful, so no. Or go have that messy surgery where they break your legs and then... Graft um, in bone? Well, they don't graft it in, but they they break it and they space it away from each other a little bit. Oh, yeah. And the bone grows in. Yeah. But they said it's so painful and you're only going to add like a quarter of an inch, maybe an inch at the most. It's like, forget it, dude. Like, no. Really? Oh, no. Yeah. No. No, thank you. It's like, so, but maybe I can do something about my weight. Maybe I don't have to be obese. Maybe I can just be fat. And, uh, 
is that that's the that's the goal is no <laughs> so and this is the thing right because you're laughing yeah yeah so this is a on my last podcast right this is a large right okay this is a large sweatshirt and it fits pretty good you know not too big um when I was in Alabama for um, Christmas, we went and we bought, I bought a shirt, a polo, right? And I picked up an extra large because I'm in between a large and a, a large fits right. That's the way it's supposed to fit. Right. And sometimes I want it a little bit bigger. And so I picked up an extra large and it was like, came out to here, right? It was like this far. I'm like, yeah. this doesn't look right. Because mm-hmm. an extra large is usually about just a little bit further, not out mm-hmm. here. Oh, yeah. So I got a large. It was like, it still looks big. I ended up getting a small. No way. An Alabama small. Alabama small. Because what these companies are doing is they realize that people are no longer just fat. They're now obese. So oh, instead my of, gosh. So instead dude. of making somebody feel bad about themselves because they have to go get a triple X large, let's just change all the sizes. No way. So I brought some brick shorts back in, I forgot what year it was, but they were extra large, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, I liked them so much. Um, you know, I, had a bu- I have a bunch of running shorts, but I have a bunch of uh, bricks, right? So I decided I want to buy another pair and I waited about a year. So I'm going to buy this pair, bought an extra large. They were mm. way too big. They went down to my knees. They're, what? They're like they were like the five inch running shorts. They were supposed to be like maybe a third of the way down to to my uh, my um, quads, right? Yeah, yeah. And they went down to my knees. The problem was like my wife's like, "Well, what's the problem?" There would be no problem if the crotch is where it was supposed to be, right? But because right. they're still selling them as five inch shorts, the crotch is down by my knees, so I couldn't extend my legs. So I wore them around the house whenever I want to do yard work, but that's all they're good for, because. They changed what was an extra large the year that I bought the first pair mm-hmm. was now a large. But did so then here's the psychological factor. Did it make you feel good? No, not at all. Because when you I realized, bought an Alabama small, you're like, I you know, I'm I got it. I'm doing good. I'm do you know No. No, <laughs> no not at all. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Because I went to breakfast the next day. At Metro Diner, I love that place. If you're ever in Tuscaloosa, I highly recommend it. It's okay. like a diner from. It's like Mal's Diner. If you don't know what that reference is, probably good. That means you're a lot younger than I am. Okay. Um, but it's like a good old fashioned diner, and they give you a good breakfast. The problem is, is like I love a good breakfast. Yeah, uh, I looked around at the people in there. It's like now I understand why I wear an Alabama small because everybody. Dude. People were my height, but they're about three times the size of me. Like width and depth. Yes. Yeah. And hey, man, you live your life how you want to. Mm. I know that in my family, in my genetics, that if I don't watch what I eat and take care of myself, I'm turning 50 this year. If I don't watch what I eat, there's a very good chance that I will be dead within the next three to five years. Sure. Because that's the lifespan of the men in my family. Dang, bro. Yeah, well, I mean, make you know, goal should be uh, to be an Alabama extra small. So, well, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll stick with the I'll stick with the uh, small um, because of my shoulders. I can't lift. 
Oh, well, I can lift mm-hmm. some, but not. I'm not jacking up 225 uh, standing oh, yeah. uh, shoulder press anymore, seated yeah. shoulder press. I'm not bench pressing 315, 355 anymore. Mm. You know, I can't. My shoulders just can't take that, you know? Yeah. When I go for a run, I have to tape it up with the KT tape. Yeah. Right? And so, yeah, I still want to work out. I don't want to be. So, we were talking about my pole vault, right? I did 12 <laughs> 6 when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Well, my pole vault weight was 120 pounds. Oh, dude. That was my track weight. My normal weight throughout the year was about 135. But for track season, it would go down to 120. Wow. Because I ran I ran the 800, I ran the mile, I ran the two mile, and I did the pole vault. Hmm. So. Dang, yeah. dude. Yeah, right like, now, you know, as you get older, it's not, uh, your body's not as kind to you as it once was. <laughs> I'm 188, you know. If I go by the BMI, it's still – if I gain two pounds, I'm now obese. Right now, I'm just fat. Crazy. The BMI was, was created back in the 50s. Like, get the hell out of here, dude. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, it's the same thing, though, with, uh, you know, military, you know, height and weight standards. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that we should go so far to as to, like, just allow everybody to be uh, – fat but that, I, that's the one thing too it, it also I do believe appearance and ability should factor into you know like what you do because it's like bro you just, I know bigger guys that would just absolutely smoke things it's like well then why, why do they have to get taped come on I mean they crush that dude that's you know rail thin and doesn't have to get weight and tape but he sucks at physical activity you know so I totally understand what you're saying and I value your opinion and to that I say <laughs> who cares yeah, heck yeah. For the military yeah. side. I'm just talking about I'm talking about my life and yeah, yeah, my yeah. quality of life. Well um, see, I'm so you're more retired than I am. I still sometimes yeah. revert back to, you know, soldier stuff and then yeah. I and then I have to kindly remind myself as you did, who cares? Because it doesn't matter. But I the I would like to go back to the mental health thing just for a little bit. Um because as we, we touch on it, right, and you can tell too, like you, you do things that help you, make you happy, de-stress, um, and like an, enjoy your life. And I think um, sometimes that, that, that's a journey. You're, you're not always going to know exactly – you might know what you exactly like and you can go hopefully do those things, but it is – it is super important to find those things that do bring you, uh, you know, peace, rest, uh, something that's going to make you happy. Right. Like right when I retired, I went and tried to go rock climbing. Uh, rock climbing is not my jam. I boogered up my shoulder really bad. Probably gonna have to have a surgery on it, but Hey, I was trying, I just, I love the outdoors. Right. I, I, you know, being in God's creation, you know, seeing these rock faces and, uh, you know, a, a good challenge. I was like, yeah, this is gonna be awesome. No, cause I'm short, <laughs> you know, like it's not a short man's game. <laughs> it's, it's really not. Um, but anyways, but then like, you know, trying out, uh, other things that bring about peace and, uh, finding, you know, what, what's really gonna, you know, help you along your journey as you, uh, kind of fix yourself. Um, but if like people that, and we talked about this earlier. How much capital, human capital, do you expend 
let's say you you don't suffer from any of this. Let's say that you are just like, wow, this is really interesting stuff. Yeah, I got some friends or some dudes I know that could really benefit from, you know, all these things that we're talking about, blah, blah, blah. But, like, how much human capital do you put into it? Like, when is enough enough? You know, did, you know, whatever it may be, but it will depend on the individual. At the end of the day, it's an individual choice to take individual actions, right? Yeah. And so that's, um, I think I would encourage people, of course, like talk to folks, like, you know, encourage them. Um, maybe sometimes you might have to call somebody that really can help that individual, something like police or whatever it may be, or a mental health professional or whatever, um, because if they're not going to do it themselves and they're a danger to themselves and others, of course, you need to call and get help. But that constant encouragement and reminder uh, is definitely, I'd say, a good thing and beneficial. Um, it's worth um, the value, but you can't burn yourself out. Uh, some folks will be unreachable in the sense that they have zero desire to change. They have zero desire to want help. They have zero desire, all of these types of things. And then you need to make that decision like, well, you know what? At least I tried. At least I tried. Yeah. Can't say that I didn't. Right? Because it's like you get one listen for one second. At least if you tried once, hey, buddy, go get help. At least you did do something. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, um, the people that are resistant to going and getting help because they're like, well, how's this going to make me look? It's going to make me look weak. I, I tried to explain this to um, my family when I went back out to California. It's like, the military is like junior high, mm. right? It's you're you're in the military and you think everybody's your friend or like, yeah we're pals or it's like then when you retire then you see how many people have called you, how many people have you had lunch with, how have you heard from anyone these so-called friends and then yeah. you stop and you think about it, well. When when I was in, did we really do anything together? Well, we'd go to lunch. It's like, well, no shit, because you were in the same unit. You were on the same yeah. team. Yeah. It's like, that's not that's not friendship. That's called being coworkers. Mm. Like in junior high, I explained to you when I went to the Rose Bowl, I took Jesse because Jesse's one of my best friends. Yeah. My sister thought it was the kid I grew up with. It's like we were best friends because we grew up on the same street, mm. because we went to the same school and we were in the same classes. That's it. Once we were free of that, it's like, haven't heard from that guy in like 15 years. And guess what? I'm in no rush to talk to him. Mm. And that's fine. We grow and we progress. And some people we take with us and some people we just leave behind. Yeah. Th that sounds rude. That sounds mean. But that's real. Did, they, did they take us with them? No, they left us too. Right. And that's okay. There's 8 billion people on this planet. I cannot be friends with 8 billion people. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, oh, just facts. my uh, art up here, right? That's Dragon a Ball Z. It, yeah, Majin Vegeta, and I have Van Gogh, right? You can't see this, but I have Limit Breaker Vegeta, and I have a painting that my daughter did when she was younger, mm -hmm. up, right? So those are things that I like. I have this uh, crazy pink bear up here. You can't see it, but it's a. You can see my granddaughter's um, octopus right here, right? Uh huh. And my Star Trek picture that I took at the last Galaxy Con that I went to. Uh -huh. And, you know, in the Army, people would, oh, you're a nerd. It's like, 
those people that would make fun of me haven't heard from them. And guess what? Yep. Probably never will. Yep. So, so who cares? Who yep. cares? Like, if you need help, go get help. Yep. If, if you're worried about what people are going to say, those, those people don't care about you anyway. Yeah. So why would you care about their opinion? Yeah, no, it's true because the, it, I had, I typically don't care about necessarily myself, right? Like I could have, if I was by myself, it would have been probably a lot worse for me, but I absolutely love and care about my wife and kids. And I do really respect and value my wife's opinion. So when that, that moment came where she's like, look, dude, you, you need help. Uh, of course. Well, I really care about her. So obviously I need to go do something cause I don't want to lose her. I don't want to lose the kids. Um, and so that's that thing. So, and then finding like, you know, self worth, right? Like I, everybody has some kind of value, right? Like you, if you enjoy just like really simple things, it's the same thing. I, who cares? Right. Cause I'm going to do what I'm going to do and I enjoy what I enjoy. That's why I don't like, you know, you, you really like college football. I could give a rat's butt about sports. Don't care. I have zero desire about sports. That's just, that's the kind of guy I am. I, I enjoy other things. If you wanted to talk about the Lord or, uh, I don't know, I'm kind of getting into fly fishing. It's really peaceful. Uh, I'll, I'll do a shameless plug. I don't get any money from, of course not, because it's a, uh, what do you call it? Anyways, Project Healing Waters uh, it's uh, a veteran outfit that takes vets fly fishing and usually everything is free. Like I don't have a fishing pole, right? Like a, a fly fishing pole. Cause it's a lot different when they provided all that. Like when you go out to the, the trips. And so I just, I, I find myself, I really like the outdoors like today. So yeah, I know you like golf. I never went golfing, but you know what I played today? Frisbee golf. <laughs> it was golf. dope. It was dope, dude. <laughs> it was dope. It was super easy. My body could, you know, <laughs> functionally do it. Um, and so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. But it's just, it's finding those things that make you happy. And you got to find value in what you love and has value to you. And just keep pushing forward, you know. I mean, I don't know. For real. Well, so this is what I was explaining to my sister, right? Um for a lot of years, I just hated myself, right? I just mm. did not want to exist, right? And you tell myself I was garbage. Okay. Piece of crap, right? I was useless. You know, and go so on sure. and so on, right? Um, and I would tell myself that every day. Every year, like at Christmas time, I would write like a, a sheet of paper of why I was useless and how I embarrassed and disgraced my family. Oh, I saved, wow. I, I saved like 10 of them, right? Really? Yeah. So for 10 years, I did that. And I would read it every year to see like how, how I had changed. And it didn't. Each one got worse. Oh, my each, gosh. Each one was worse. Hmm. And so to tell my sister, like, I, I hear so many people like, you know, if I just if I just stay in there, then one of these days my ship will come in. Hmm. Well, that's wishful thinking, Holmes. Yeah. Like, you need to build your ship. Right. Mm -hmm. Go buy a ship. Sell right, that, right. Sell that SOB in into port, man. <laughs> Figure it out, right? Well, if I was, t I told my sister, if I kept telling myself I was garbage, what would happen if I told myself you do matter? 
just wake up every day. You do matter. Right? Yeah. The first is like, you do matter. You are a good person. I mean, that's mm-hmm. stupid, right? right. Well, eventually, it started. That reaction ended, mm. and I don't have to wake up and tell myself every day that I'm a good person. Right. Now I just realize I'm a person. I'm neither good nor am I bad. I'm a person, and I just try to be the best version of myself that I can be for that day. Mm. You know, because some days, some days I'm going to give you like a hundred percent of my potential. Well, that's not true. Maybe ninety yeah, percent of my potential. True. I never give a hundred percent. Never. That's right. Uh, but there's some days I'm going to only give you like 50%. And you want to know why? Because that's all I can muster that day. Sure. Like people I know back in the year would say, what's wrong with that guy? He's an ass. You know, not once did I ever have anyone ask like, what's wrong? Hey, man, can we help you out? Dude. Can we talk with you? Mm. It's like people were saying, people would say he's such an ass. Mm. No, I wasn't an ass. I was being as nice as I possibly could that day because... That's all I could do to prevent myself from killing somebody that day. Right. That's not how people see it. It's like, that guy's just an ass. It's like, maybe there's something bothered, something going on with him. Yeah, yeah. No one ever asked. And that's fine because I never sought help. Mm. I never sought help. So it goes yeah, yeah. both ways, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's why I'm saying like now I don't explain myself to anybody. I don't because there's, I don't, not wasting Time. I'm not wasting precious minutes yeah. of my life on explaining, asking anybody's permission or explaining myself. Yeah. Wow. There's a, I went to the Rose Bowl, right? 93,000 people in that. Somebody who has PTSD and anxiety, pretty rough. Pretty rough. Right? So I didn't realize how many um, commercial breaks that there were going to be um, because when I went to Alabama, there weren't as many um, commercial breaks. Mm. Well, there were a lot. It was like, I'm Gonna get up and I'd get up and go out, right? Wait, they pause the game for the commercial breaks? It's worked into the game. Whoa. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah, sure. Well, well, whenever there was a kickoff, they would just Mm -hmm. extend the time before the next play. Okay. You know, it's not like they would say, okay, time out, we have have to show a commercial. Yeah, yeah. Whenever there was a a natural break, (laughs) they would just extend the time so they could show commercials. Okay. So you don't, when you're at home, you don't even notice it, right? Uh, but at the game, it's like, there's a lot of goddamn breaks in this, you know? Like, whatever. But for me, when I bought the tickets, I made sure that they, they were on the edge of the row um, so I could get yeah, out right. and not bother anybody, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I would do. I would just get out and go and take a break. Yeah. Just walk around. The people working there, which I felt at home because, you know, being back in Los Angeles, everybody who worked there in the stadium... They were all Mexicans. Right, know? right. And uh, so they were like, what's wrong with this guy? He's out here like, you have to pee again? It's like, nah, man, I'm just walking around. <laughs> it's like, yes, I'm old. I don't have to pee yeah, every old. 30 Leave seconds. Me alone. <laughs> My heart pills. Come on, man. You, know? <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> and uh, But that's what I did because uh, I don't, I don't want to miss out. I don't, didn't want to miss out on life because yeah. of whatever I'm carrying. Mm. And... and I'm going to go live my life, right? Like I said, I went to this anime, this nerd fest. And, mm. you know, you'd hear like, oh, you're such a nerd. It's like, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Who cares? Didn't need your assistance before. I don't need it now. And guess what? I never will. Yeah. Do you know what, like, one thing that's really helped me too 
I uh, I completely deleted social media. So like I I deleted I was on I had Twitter and Facebook and you know all these things and then I uh, I told my wife one day I was like I was like hey you know this is a uh, pretty sure this is stealing my joy because uh, it's just because you're you're so bombarded by all these you know different things that are going on in the world or whatever it may be you know the algorithms are pushing things at you it's just I mean there's I mean there's cares in the world all the way from the other side of the world to maybe maybe your hometown and it's exhausting and i don't believe that the human brain was really meant to uh handle and try to process especially being a man uh i like to solve problems right like i i'm like well well then we should do this and we should you know and then i'm like trying to spend my human capital on you know fixing the complex problems of whatever (laughs) whatever you know fluoride in the water or whatever it may be um but yeah so i i had to get i had to get rid of that and so that whole value piece, like when you said you woke up every day and you started to say, like, you know, hey, I, I am a good person or I, I am worth it or whatever it may be, like that small thing. Um, mine, for me, it, like I said, I already said before, it was my wife and my children. But one thing I didn't say was that it is my faith in in the Lord, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Like I found... I have found more healing in my relationship with the Lord than I have from meeting with somebody for an hour or getting something injected into my neck or, you know, even the ketamine stuff or whatever it may be. And I'm not saying all that stuff is bad. Don't, I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying that everybody's walk is going to be different, but if you you know, going back to those deep rooted pro- or those deep rooted things that maybe you were brought up in, or if you have faith in, in the Lord or whatever your faith may be or whatever whatever it may be, it, it is a good endeavor uh, to like continue on in those things while you're healing, right? Because I know you, Tony, right? Like, I guarantee you, not everything's perfect, right? No, of course not. Right. So, like, and I don't think. I, I personally, I really do believe, I don't think it'll ever be perfect, but it is that daily, that daily thing is to be mindful of and to be present in what you're doing, uh, to continue on, right? Like I, I know guys that, you know, don't work that, you know, that don't have really much of anything going on and they're miserable. And for me, it's like, well, no, I, I want to do these things and it's because I know it'll, it'll set up my family better. I know that, it, you know, like one of my biggest things too, I, I want to show, cause, uh, I don't, I, I'm not, I don't really think high of myself. Right. But I want to show my children that no matter what you do in life, you can do it. Like you and I share a similar thing, and I'm not going to go into your personal life, Tony. I'm just saying, like you and I share a similar instance in the military where we may have gotten to some trouble. Oh no, I've mentioned it multiple times. Oh, did, okay, I okay. got I got booted yeah. out of Paraguay. Yeah, yeah. So because I got, now now I wear it as a badge. It's like I don't know how many people could get a field grade Article 15 and a Gomar <laughs> and still get promoted and super sergeant. Yeah, that's right. No, and and seriously, that I mean that's that's awesome for real. But like. um where was I going with that? You're telling me about, about your stuff. 
of how oh, you overcame yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's the, the bounce back, the resilience, the drive to keep going and accomplishing uh, new and better things, right? Because that's, that's like, uh, you know, I, I uh, found out I had high blood pressure when I was uh, in Arizona, right? And I was trying to lift really heavy weights, had a super bad headache. I mean, crazy bad. Uh, I thought I was having a stroke. Go to the ER and they're like, no, dude, you just have a really bad tension headache. But then, like, you know, like, I start feeling my pulse in my neck while I'm going out through the day. And things aren't just great. Well, sure enough, I go to the cl- one of the clinics and I have, my blood pressure was uh, crazy high. Crazy high. And, she, like, the lady got really scared, basically, and was like, please sit down. Don't move. I'm going to go get somebody. <laughs> Anyways, and then I get on, you know, medication. But then going to the doc, you know, he's just the answer, like, well, don't work out. Well, that's dumb because I enjoy it. I'm not going to stop doing something that I enjoy, especially uh, if it's not smoking crack. So, uh, kick rocks, dude. <laughs> so, I, I had the similar thing, but, like, my blood pressure, like, it was a combination of, of several things, right? One, it was a combination of leaving me, leaving me as a team sergeant for five rotations. Yeah. Right? And then um, taking the pre-workout. Oh, right? yeah. And so, my blood pressure... Um, Rob, you remember old Rob, right? Yeah. Sock him, Rob. Um, mm-hmm. He took my blood pressure. It's like, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just say it, Rob. It's like, bro, you might it's, die. It's not good. It's not it's good, like, man. It's like it's 170 over 110. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So you're saying it's, it's not 200 yet. It's right. Like, it's like this isn't a joking matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so it's not going to blow up just yet. <laughs> so, but once I left the team sergeant position, like it, it dropped back down, like one, it like went to one twenty over ninety. No then, meds. No. Really? Stop. That's dope. Stop taking pre workout. Yep. I, I never really drink energy drinks. Yeah, and just remove me. From the team sergeant, because nobody should be team sergeant for five rotations, six years. That's yeah, that's no. insane. And uh, just remove me from that, and it, it went down to 120 over 80, 115 over 75. Dude, nice. Huh. Spawn on. Turns out mm-hmm. I just uh, needed meds, so. Yeah. And some <laughs> people are like that. Some people are like that. That's fine. And, you know, I... I have to watch my diet because diabetes and every cancer known to man runs in my family, right? Mm-hmm. And you remember the old surgeon, right? Uh, what was her name? Anastasia? Yeah, yeah. She was just dying for me to be diabetic. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> she would send me in like once a month for my fasting labs. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like, oh, I came in at 107. It's like, so it's not 110. It's like, no, but it's it's getting real close. It's like it's been like between 102 and 108 uh-huh. for the past 15 years. Right, right. It's like it's not going up. It's like yeah, but it's not coming down. <laughs> it's not get like I don't know what to tell you. Like I know you want me to be diabetic, but it's but just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> like, Sorry, go. it's not going to happen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, like like I said, Bryce, I, I wanted to have you on here because, you know, we have different perspectives on things, right? Like, Oh, yeah. I, I, I know religion has always been important to you. And, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, my sisters are like that too. Um, I'm not like that. And my sisters are always asked, like, I, I'm a cynic, right? Yeah. And I, I explain this to my sisters. It's like, because I've gone to church with them a couple of times yeah. when my mom was still alive because my mom wanted to. It's like, all right, I'll go. And uh, I didn't, it was hard for me to relate to what they were saying because of where we had been going overseas. Okay. And seeing a different perspective. It's like the people that we saw, that I saw in Guyana that still believed in God and the church. Mm -hmm. It's like those people, that's poor. Or the people that I saw in Colombia or Peru Mm -hmm. or Iraq. Yeah. All those people. That's a level of poverty I had never seen before. Correct. I thought I was poor when I grew up in East L.A. Turns Mm -hmm. out I've always been a one percenter. I just never realized it. Right. Uh, and so hearing, going to mass here in the United States, I just, just not going to listen hmm. because I, it just, it's just different. Okay. Hearing the word from somebody here in the States who does not understand how lucky they are for being born here in the United States. Correct. Because what did I do to earn this life? Yeah. Now I seriously. have. Now I have. But when I was born, what did I do? Yeah. I was just born. Yeah. Right, right place, right time. Yeah, that's it. Like, <laughs> chance, pure chance, right? And so for me, it's hard for me to understand that. But I know religion is important to other people. So yeah. I wanted to have somebody else come on here and talk about that. And like I said, I can't because I'm an alcoholic, so I can't right. take pills. Um, I can't. I just have to learn how to... Um, I downloaded the app, the sounds of the rainforest, right? Mm, yeah. So I could hear hear the the rain at night, right? and it, it yeah, calms yeah. me down, right? Yeah, white noise, Cause, dude. Because I I tried those apps where people take a deep breath, no, nope, relax, and I get so mad. Oh yeah, I hate it. <laughs> and you can't, you can't, you you just look crazy in your car, wherever you may be. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> hit this freaking face or where voice. <laughs> But, but hearing the, the fire crackle or the yeah. rain, the waves, you yeah. know, or wind. The, yeah, that, yeah, that calms me down. And so I, I use that stuff. I find other ways to, to cope and just get through the day and just be as happy as I can, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, I, I wouldn't, I mean, if you wanted to do another, like maybe another time, I, I could come on your show and give my testimony if you want or if you had, you know, specific questions, we could do that. If not, uh, not, not a big deal. It's just like, it is, um, I know I said before I attributed a lot of things to my wife and children, but it, it really, it all came because the Lord loved me. He never gave up on me. He put good, godly, God fearing people in my path to help me out in my, you know, darkest moments. Right. Like when I first got stationed at Fort Bragg, like I was freshly divorced and I had all of the debt because that was the agreement. I was like, just give me all the debt, get out of my life and I'm going to start fresh. Well, I, I was a miserable human being and uh, put a gun in my mouth and I was going to end it. Right. Uh, in a little apartment complex off Fisher freaking road, dude, I was going to end it all. And um, I think I thought about like my mom. You know, and then I want, didn't want my buddies to have to like clean up my brains. I, I don't think that's what really happens. It wouldn't have been my, you know, I guess not even my buddies, but 
because we don't talk. <laughs> but people I knew back then, and uh, but the Lord got a hold of me in a real way. So, um, yeah. But anyways, I'll, I'll digress off that. But if you wanted to ever dive deeper into that, I would love that. No, that'd be great. I'd love to have you on again. And I don't want people to think that I don't believe in God. I do. And the reason why yeah. I do is because um, like I told my sisters, right? Like, I know I'm the luckiest person on the planet because nobody else can say they have my family or they have mm-hmm. my support system. They have my friends. My sisters aren't as lucky as I am because uh-huh. they can't say that they're their own sister. You, know, you can't mm-hmm. say that. You can't. Mm-hmm. They're my sister. Right. You know? Sister Maria, I can't say, yeah, I'm, I'm my own sister. He's like, no, sorry, bro. It doesn't work that way. Right, right. You, know, you might be. <laughs> I'm my own pretty, best friend. <laughs> you're, you're pretty lucky too, but you're not as lucky as I am. And I try to explain this to her. It's like our father, he was rough on us, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he would spank us. And when I mean spank, I mean he didn't like, like he went to town, right? Sure. And and there was a lot of resentment from, from all of us growing up and Mm. Later on, when we were older, uh, we talked about it. It's like, you understand that this man had a sixth grade education from Mexico, not even the U.S. Right, right. I, I have all of his passport and his documents from Mexico. He could barely sign his name. Oh, right? wow. He could mm. read because he loved to read. Mm. Um, we always saw him read. He never read out loud. So I don't know how long it took him to read. Okay. Right. It could have taken him. We would always see him read. I don't know if it took him all night to read one page. Sure. You know? And in, in high school, I'm in calculus. I'm in chemistry and physics. Hey, Dad, can you help me out with this? No. Right. My mother couldn't help me either, right? Right, right. And they did, so they did the best they could. Um, but he was mad a few words. But when he was mad, he didn't speak English. My Spanish mm. was piss poor he didn't want us to speak spanish because we were oh dang right so it's hard and people were like how did you communicate well it's not like my father was a man of many words right and you know when he's mad at you you kind of figure it out from his (laughs) tank right and if he says bring me a screwdriver you don't know what a screwdriver is just bring the whole damn toolbox right yeah right and then he can get whatever he wants here you go (laughs) and it's like when he says right you kind of figure out cerveza beer right right and, mm. uh, but again, afraid of heights, afraid of, I'm afraid of about just about everything, man. Right. Just about everything. Right. People will ask, well, how'd you jump out of airplanes? I'm afraid. I didn't say I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, how are you a jump master? Still afraid. Yeah. Okay. Do it. Right. And I, what would I hear? I'd hear my father. Mm. Right. To get my attention. Yeah. And I would hear my mom's voice. It's all right. We're here with you. Hmm. What is that? What, what am I trying to say? God gave me those parents. Yes. Because he knew what I needed to get through the hard times. Mm-hmm. I'm not the type of person you can just tell me, hey, we'll just do this. No, nah, I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah. My professors in my PhD program are having a hard time because I don't listen to them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do what I want. Like, well, you know, you shouldn't argue with your professors. Then maybe you should find some other students. Yeah. Because I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. Especially in an institution of higher learning, how can argument or not be acceptable? Like, what I just find it funny. It's like, you 
it's like I understand where you guys are coming from, but I figured you out. Like you need me to complete my degree. You need me to take all these classes because it's a higher, it's an institution for higher learning. But yeah. you also want to make the cheddar, right? Yes. You need to make the money. So you need me to come back to take all these classes. So how about you stop fighting with me? So I'll take these classes because right. I don't know if you understand this. There are thousands of universities out there that'll be more than happy to have a combat veteran pursuing a PhD in their program. Hundred percent. And well, yeah, but you can't view it that way. Well, sorry to tell you, that's how I'm viewing it. And yep. so I do. I'm like a dog that was released from his chain after mm-hmm. I was, got out of the army, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I equate to, right? <laughs> like, oh, it I makes, can piss over here. I can piss over here. <laughs> it makes life a little bit harder for other people, but at the same time, they see another perspective. Yeah. Um, because maybe as a professor, you should change a little bit as well. You're None of us are too old to change. Yeah. Facts, dude. So. And so I, I think I, I, feel, I think I that, like, raw, too, that raw stuff, too, like uh, telling people how it is, I... It's really liberating, but it, it is, it'll come off, you know, maybe brash or hard, but I love it. Cause I like, I, like, I don't have to do things now. Like I, I can tell people no. And if they want my opinion, we'll buckle up because I'm going to tell you, you asked there, you, you asked, not, you, I'm going to give you the truth and you may or may not like it. And you know, that's don't it. ask the question if you're not ready for every possible answer. That's correct. That's what I, there, yep. I, I tell my kids that. There was a guy who um, asked me to look over his resume, right? He was an HR guy in the Army. He was getting mm. out. And so I said, well, you know, you don't have any education. You don't have any certs. It's like it's it's going to be like you're trying for an upper position. It's like, yeah, yeah. I wish you luck. It's like, but I don't think it's going to happen. Like, honestly, it's like I don't know what the hiring manager is looking for. It's like, but you don't have anything down there. It's like, well, I mean, what do you know? It's like. Okay. It's like, look, if you want me to tell you that there's a line outside of Fort Liberty, Fort Bragg, waiting for you, that all these companies are just waiting for the day that you get out of the military, just tell me that and I will blow sunshine up your ass. Yeah. I will make you feel better. And then when yep. it doesn't happen, you can come back and I'll tell you, hey, I'll pat you in the back and say, wow, it's a conspiracy. I'll tell you whatever you need to hear to make you feel better. All right. Yeah. yeah. But if you're asking for my opinion... Well, I'm giving you my opinion. Yep. Or here's a crazy thing. Just don't ask for my help. Yep. Because I'm not charging you anything. I'm doing this out of the kindness of my heart. Yeah. So you, you, you can leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. And that's another thing too. Like, uh, I think I, I would have, I'm not, I don't regret how everything played out. One thing I wish I would have known, and I think I picked it up there at the end when I was in my retirement window is that at the end of the day, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares what schools you went to. Nobody cares how many times you jumped out of a plane. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. You know, when I interact with civilians, uh, they may, if, you know, if I t- tell them, yeah, I'm retired military, then a couple questions may came, come up and I might tell them. But generally, nobody cares. They don't nope. care. Nobody. So uh, I think knowing that a lot sooner, too, would have made me a lot happier in the military and i would have focused 
maybe some more, you know, human capital energy type stuff into other things. So I, I got the, um, how'd you get a job so fast? Like, Why wow. did I? Oh, you? No, when, when, oh, yeah, yeah. When I got out, people were asking, how'd you get a job so fast that pays you that amount? It's like, well, here's a crazy thing, buddy. Um, when we were in South America and you were trying to be Federico Suave and have 10 girlfriends, I was working on my master's degree. Right. And then when I was done with that, I decided to work on another one. And you were still going to the discotheque. Discotheque. It's like, <laughs> maybe you should have taken a break and not hung out with Benny Good Times. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that too. Yeah. yeah. Benny yep. Good Times. I, I refer to that person as Benny Good Times a lot on this podcast because he is without a doubt the dumbest person I've ever met in my life. Uh-huh. And I, I was amazed that he could even find his way to work every day. Uh, good on him for making it to the end or wherever he is now. Best of luck. Benny, good times. If I ever see you in the street and you see me, we can just look at each other and look away and pretend we didn't see each other and just keep right. on going. Because yep. I don't need you in my life, buddy. Yep. I wish you the best. But not only do I not need you in my life, I don't want you in my life. Yeah. And it's no That's, hard feelings. It's just I don't have the time for that anymore. A hundred percent. And see, that's that freedom, man. Yeah. You're at work, you're stuck. But now, dude, I I I I agree with you a hundred percent. Because if I don't want to deal with you, or we never really had a solid relationship, uh, uh, goodbye, man. I don't care. Like, live a good life. I I really hope you do. But I am not giving you my time because it's precious to me. I've asked I, I tell people that at, like when I when I go to like places in town too, I t- I've I've gotten a lot of like people off guard. I'm like, you know, this is something I'll never get back. The way you're wasting my time, I'll never get back. So how about we knock off whatever the crap is going on, do what I've asked you to do or whatever it may be, and let's get it done. Because you wouldn't want you would feel the same way if I was providing a service to you. So stop. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> So I gotta admit, when I purchased this house, when we purchased this house, I was an ass to the loan officer and to the realtor. Mm. Um, because it's not like there were a whole lot of people dying to buy this house at a six percent interest. Right, right, right. And actually, it was higher. Right, I got it down to six percent. Like, well, how about seven percent? No, I'm not paying seven percent. Um, but they all. We're acting like it was 2020 or 2019 where they're doing me a favor. It's like, mm, not so much. Yeah, right. When we did the inspection, I, I left work to come check out the house, right? It's about 40 minutes away and then 40 minutes back. Yeah. So I got here. The inspectors were here. It's like, well, we have to wait for the uh, realtor. It's like, is she purchasing this house? No. <laughs> it's like, is she paying for the inspection? Well, no. Sh- do Show me the inspection. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not buying this house. It's like you don't want to wait for her. It's like what? I know I'm speaking English, so you have about five seconds to start showing me the inspection. Yeah, I'm getting in my car, leaving, and I'm not buying this house. Right. It's like, oh, oh, okay. And the realtor showed up, and she's like, "Well, why'd you start?" It's like I don't need you. Yeah. It's like it's true. I didn't. The the thing with the realtor, and I'm not going to mention her name, but she uh, when we first started, she told my wife, "Wow." 
if you don't have the money to put down for the house, like maybe you shouldn't be looking. It was like nice assumption. Who who are you? Yeah. So I was an ass tutor the rest of the, the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's how you're going to treat my wife, then yeah, I'm going to be an ass to you. Oh, for sure. And the loan officer was just. I, I had to go to London for two two weeks for work. Nice. I said I cannot be bothered for these two weeks. I could. I just didn't want to. Uh-huh. I kept getting messages, emails, like he called. He called. It's like, hey, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Do and, not call uh, this number again. <laughs> because it's like, like no, dude. Now today I went to Dunkin' Donuts right after I went to Bosley after I got the good news. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so I want to go get a coffee and a uh, what is it? Apple fritter. Okay. And, and the girl behind there was look so stressed. She was like. Because they had a line that was like coming out of the Dunkin' Donuts and going into the street, right? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh my God. And so I waited like 10 minutes for her to pour me a coffee and put like just creamer in it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to get upset at this. Like, you're looking like you're having a pretty bad day. Like, <laughs> yep. I had a Dunkin' Donuts, man. I'm like, <laughs> I can wait 10 minutes. Push it's, me, man. Push me and see what happens. <laughs> It's, it's a federal holiday. I just came from Bosley. What am I yeah, doing? Right. Nothing. Yep. I was like, I can wait ten minutes for a coffee. I'm, I'm not too worried about it. Like, yeah. So it, it's it depends on the situation. You know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah but, I agree. I'll agree to that. Because I mean, once if there's one apple fritter and she's, you know, oh, oops, <laughs> now you're out your apple fritter. <laughs> I, you know, how much is that girl making? Yeah. Compared to how much does a realtor make? For doing oh, absolutely dude. nothing. For sure. For this house. Yeah. So sorry, you probably heard my other one. My bad. No, that's it. I don't know if you can hear my chair, but that's a it squeaks. And that's oh, a is constant. that what it is? That's a constant in this uh, podcast. Oh, I thought you were, you know, just uh my joints. Old. Yeah. <laughs> well I am, but it's a chair. <laughs> Sweet. I don't I don't have any uh cartilage in my shoulders anymore, so they don't squeak. Right. It's just, there's there's nothing there. And it's my crazy, left hip, bro. too. My left hip is all bone on bone now. Ugh. So. Yeah. But we're going on about an hour now, so um, we usually do shout-outs. And if you if there's anything you want to promote, you want to give a shout-out to anyone? Uh, no. I, no. I really, I mean, the, the only thing that I would say um, is uh, another person that people could look up that's pretty big into veteran uh mental health and treatment modalities is sean ryan uh sean ryan has his own podcast he's um great a great guy when it comes to taking serious uh veteran uh treatment modalities so i I would just encourage that like you know he's got i mean we're talking he goes all the way into psychedelics and all kinds of things things that i i i'm too afraid to try for myself. So, <laughs> uh, cause I know myself, uh, uh, yeah. And I don't need to be chasing the white Buffalo or whatever it may be. Um, I'm glad you said a great guy and not a good guy, bro. You know, I can't say that cause you're right away. Like, oh, I'm man. not looking that up. I'm not looking forget it up. Forget it. Forget he's, it. He's a dirt bag. <laughs> if anyone's listening and you were not in the military, uh, specifically there at Fort Bragg, if anybody ever said he's a good guy, that meant that he was garbage and they didn't want anything to do with him. And they were just trying to pawn off their problems onto you. Yeah. 100%.
So I was over here. Guy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but no, brother, I, I don't really have uh, any shout outs or whatever. Good to go. Yeah, I, I just wanted you mentioned him earlier, Mike. Um, he works at the Sockham Schoolhouse. I just want oh, to yeah. say thank, thanks to Mike. I'm hoping that he'll come on here. Um, but like I told Mike, it's like, you know, I don't know if anybody else listened to him, but I did. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I went, Same. and especially when he gave us the class, and he said, you see all these things? Like, that's my identifier for aerosol. You know how many people asked me for my aerosol certificate when I was looking for a job? Zero. Yeah. Big fat goose egg. Big old goose egg. And it's like, so go to college. Get your degree. Yep. And so whatever else, I at least paid attention to that. Because I was going to stop after my bachelor's, after my first master's. And yeah. every time I'd go back, it's like, if you have the time and you have the money, you have the resources, keep going. Yep. Okay. Um, and then plus just hearing his struggles and him talking about how he went to go, go for help. Uh, yeah. That, that helped me along too. So Mike, if you're listening to this, if you're not, just want to yeah, say thanks, thanks buddy. And hope you, hope you come on here. Um, I know all my emails say Antonio, but my name's Tony. That's for your memory. I'm the mm-hmm. short, short fat Mexican who knew how Iron Maiden was when nobody else did. <laughs> That's what. He, yeah. That's how he referred. He's like, "How does a short Mexican know who who Iron Maiden is, and none of the oh, white yeah. guys know?" <laughs> yeah. No, Tony. Thanks for uh, having me on, man. I I enjoyed it. All right. So if you're out there and you're listening, just remember you do have something that makes you special. You do have something that makes you unique. Um, just identify what that is, maximize it to its fullest potential, and I know you will be successful. So until next time. Oh, I do want to give a shout out to Taco. He's on my board of directors. Taco, that's Matt's dog. The Are you dog. serious? My board of directors consists of my daughter, my granddaughter, and Taco. Oh. I mean, Taco's more famous than I am, so I, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not even famous, so. So yeah. I want to give a want to give a shout out to Taco. We miss you, buddy. All right. Tell your dad to post more pictures of you on uh, Instagram. <laughs> All right. So until next time, guys, take it easy. Zot, zot, zot. And roll tide.